we as professionals in real estate have done a terrible job over the years of articulating what we actually bring to the table. So what we have to get back to is an explanation to the public that when you call your local realtor, here's what you should expect that they should expect professional guidance. They should get pros and cons of buying and selling. If, when you start to see how big this is, it's not just a sign in a yard. It's not just another sale. It is somebody's future financial stability. It's a really big deal. And when I see agents get a hold of that because they got their messaging right, oh, it's good. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Real Estate Mix, the video podcast that keeps you in the mix of everything real estate. I'm Noelle Fryson and... And I'm Eric Anderson, and we're so excited to have you back here today. Today, we're going to be talking to an amazing, amazing person, and I we're going to be talking... You can't say enough, so I can't either, but we're going to be talking about seven deadly sins. Seven, seven deadly, deadly sins. sins. I'm sure you've seven done almost sins. all of them, but... I have never <laughs> done any sins. <laughs> Um, my sins are all, every year I, I have one day where I get rid of my sins. So, so I got rid of them last year. Um, so I'm building up, I'm at five right now. So, so hopefully our guest is going to tell us how to, how to get rid two. of them. Well, so let tell me, us about our guest. let me introduce Lee Brown. Lee Brown, I just get such amazing vibes off this woman. She is amazing. I want to be her when I grow up, seriously. She is a keynote speaker. She is a coach. She's a top agent. She owns a brokerage. I mean, one community real estate. And she's been in the in the business for 23 years. Which is unbelievable she's when you see her. She's also an author and an educator. So, And she's the author of, are you ready? Well, you forgot one. Which one did I forget? She's a oh. former VP. She Say it, say you're, it. Lee, you're the former VP of NAR. Of NAR. The National Association of Realtors, which is huge because that's, anyone in the real estate business knows what an instrumental role NAR plays. That's huge. What's her book? The exact title is <laughs> The Seven Deadly Sins of Sales and the deceptive simple strategies to solve them. Yes. So we all know that I'm an expert salesperson and I, I can't wait to hear more about the seven deadly sins because I wanna know which ones that I'm committing. Mm -hmm. And then I wanna, wanna know um, how to solve them. And then maybe you'll teach me some other stuff on how to be a better salesperson, so. First, welcome Lee. Well, thank you. It's such an honor to be with y'all. But Noelle, you're going to have to scoot another two feet away from Eric since he's over there telling lies. The lightning is about to come down <laughs> and we're going to lose you in the process. And we just can't have that. The, the remix will be messed up forever. Uh oh. He is a sinner. I'm telling you, he's a sinner. But let's find out what he's sinning on. I right. mean, we all are, right? Let's just be honest. That's the whole point of the book. Lee, I want to tell you that I listened to your book and I loved it. You are the voice, if you get it on Audible, which I got it on Audible, it was amazing. You're the voice of the book and you are fun and funny and you're witty and you're really easy to listen to. Um, but tell us about some of these seven deadly sins. Well, and, and again, sales is so important because yeah. real estate is all about sales. So a lot of our viewers are either investors or real estate agents or they want to be. And um, sales is is really such an instrumental part. So tell us tell us what's going on. Well, I wrote the book because so many realtors and everybody around real estate get 
freaked out about saying they're in real estate because they don't want to be compared to a used car salesman. And no offense to the nice, wonderful used car salesmen out there that aren't sleazy, but the reputation's just not that great. And so what I found is that really great people were just not closing that gap to get something sold because they didn't want to be perceived as salesy. When in reality, sales is just helping somebody else get to their decision point. That's where this came from. And it also came from the fact that after being in the business for 23 years and being the daughter of a real estate pro who got in in 1978, all of these mistakes, we all make them. And there's moments when we get our act together and we are cruising and everything's good. And then the wheels fall off and we're like, well, crap, now what? And we say, go back to basics. And so it's also a go back to basics, get your act back together moment. And frankly, in the world that we're in right now, where our markets are transitioning and people are trying to figure out how to put things back into a different space, it's perfect timing to get the habits fixed that can get in the way of high levels of success. Okay, so then this is really good for that starter salesperson, then and it's good for the person who just needs to remind themselves yeah. of what's what's the purpose of, of selling. Well, in your book, Lee, you even say that you backslide into into centerhood. <laughs> I mean, all the time, right? You think about the last three years, the COVID era, real estate looked easy. If you got a listing and you got a sign near a yard, you had offers being thrown at you from every direction. But a skilled person knew how to craft the offer that would win on the buyer side. Now that the markets are transitioning, an agent goes in the door of a listing, you really do have to provide something different than I'm available to stick a sign in a yard and bring offers to you. Now you have to market the property and you have to help them prepare it. And for buyers right now, there's this big interest rate shock that's gone on. All the young people yeah. think 3% was normal on a 30-year fix. <laughs> Ain't normal, wasn't ever normal. We were in a long blip. And so now there's a, a moment where you have to talk somebody through the process of why exactly are you getting involved in real estate so they can decide if it's still a good decision for them or not. And that's yeah. what this is. It's just getting a reset and, and rebuilding the muscles that we all let atrophy and the habits that just get in our way. And in fact, the biggest thing that we have a problem with are these nasty little devices right here. I mean, this little piece of poison has ruined more lives than anybody could shake a stick at. And in fact, did y'all know that Facebook and Instagram are the result or the cause of one out of five divorces now? And I think that's probably really low. Crazy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> comment on that. But okay. <laughs> judgment, but judgment. And the thing is, like, it's also the reason a lot of people have messed up their sales lives. When I was growing up a thousand years ago, on a phone. Actually, I still have one in my office. I have a landline with a cord. Oh, on it. the real phone. It's very. It's a very attractive landline. <laughs> so cool. But you know, back then, if the phone rang and you didn't answer it. You had no idea who called because we didn't have caller ID. There was no voicemail. We didn't have answering machines. There was no way to know. And so if you didn't answer the phone, you'd miss an opportunity. Now, these things have made us lazy because we're like, eh, I don't know that number. I'm busy. Let me just decline it. And then we decline it. And then, of course, the other person now is ripped because you didn't answer the phone. And they've been on with somebody else. You don't call them back and you miss all these opportunities. We also forget that these things are major time suckers. We have a lot of people in real estate that think they're prospecting by scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling mm -hmm. and maybe leave a thumbs up here. That ain't prospecting. That is lazy. 
And so it's caused us to lose a lot of our good habits. And so one of the sins that can absolutely be fixed is phone habits. We can all get back to answering the phone and making outbound phone calls. And if the other person can't talk, they'll hit decline. But at least they know you made an effort to reach them and convey some energy. I mean, your voice conveys energy and interest. And then you can pick up on what's happening in their life and start asking more questions. And that's where your business grows is by building that connectivity. So one of, one of my friends is a very successful developer, big time developer, does hundreds and hundreds of units throughout the country. And he has on his email signature, like, don't be afraid to pick up the phone and make a call. I love that. You know, and he's he's got to be a little bit older than me. So maybe he's mid 50s. But he, his motto is answer the phone, pick up the phone, make a call, stop texting. I know there's been so many that. challenges that we've had and, and our team members that have had misconstrued scenarios because of texting. So totally with you on it's that, Lee. It's the second best way of communicating with someone. I mean, I'd rather always be in front of someone like live person to person. But if you can't, get on the phone. Well, it, you lose your relationship. You know, it's all about relationship sales, as I tell our team. Relationship is the key. If the people talk to you, if they know you, if they like you, they're going to work with you. If they see you texting them, you know, unless you're sarcastic and you can make funny texts through the phone, which, those could be misconstrued. Which I can sometimes do, but not everybody can do that. And then you lose your customers. Well, they do get misconstrued because the way the text is sent has nothing to do with how you read it. You read it in the mood that you're in. And if you're in a foul mood, and somebody sends you a text there, good morning. Well, good morning to you. And then we're like, why Why are they so angry with me? Well, they were already angry. And so you, you lose that opportunity. But we also see it in the middle of a transaction. How many real estate agents have blown up a deal because the other agent got on their nerves? Well, the other agent was asking a freaking question over text. And it could have all been solved in a five-minute phone call. Instead, there were 85 texts. And it was always yeah. doing this. And now the brokers get involved. And it's too late because the buyer's mad because their agent told them something and the seller's mad because their agent told them something and then nobody wins. That's where you realize that the power of our voices is so amazing. And especially if, if any of the listeners and viewers are the young folks, so much of your generation is out of tune with body language. They're out of tune with inflection and with energy because so much has devolved into text, Facebook messages, yeah, Instagram, TikTok. If you're the one person in your generation who reaches out over the phone or in person, as Noel mentioned, you will stick out and you will be a shining star for no more effort than being the human that you were created to be. So you actually just gave me an amazing piece of insight. So again, I've been doing this forever. Um, and you told me that it's the mood the other person is in when they read the text. I don't think I've ever really thought, thought that, that through. Way. Yeah. Um, I know it's the mood I'm in when I write the text. Right. I know that when I write it, how does it come out? But I never really thought like if that person's positive, they're sensing it in a positive manner. I mean, I know that I always look at everything in a positive light. So I get it, but I never really applied that to others. So thank you for that piece. Um, yeah, no, no, that makes sense. So if I'm in a bad mood, if my kids have just made me upset or, you know, my fiance made me upset, then when you read that text, the voice in your head, the voices, the voice in your head. Is devils are angels. Right, exactly. Angels are devils. So, all right. So is that one of the sins 
So yeah, tell us some. We, of, we don't want to let all of the sins out the, of the bag, out of Pandora. Are you going to share all the sins? Only one of the sins, but it's also there's a sin in there about not asking questions, which that can dovetail right in what we're talking about here. So many people in real estate develop a preset bias as to what they're going to find out. I love asking agents, do you believe all sellers want top dollar for their house? And a little hand shoots straight up and I'm like, you're wrong. And they look at me like I'm crazy because in real estate, we act like that's the be all end all for a home seller. But there are people that have been through nasty divorces. I mean, like the kind where you can't sit in the kitchen because the knives are in there. And so if you've been in the middle of that divorce, the thing that matters more than money is make it go away. And so speed matters more. And when you learn how to ask really good intuitive questions and just be naturally curious, you start to figure out what their desired outcome is. And if fast matters more, look at the market we're in. The only way to guarantee that fast will happen is to take a discount relative to the market. Some people are open to that, but as real estate professionals, we can't assume that nobody is willing to take a discount because somebody out there is. Estate sales are a classic example. Relocation where the family is divided and stressed out, they'll often take a discount. Divorces. I mean, there's all these different oddball scenarios that a professional has to be prepared for. And if I look at where the market is right now, there's a lot of real estate agents out there that assume nobody wants to buy a house because interest rates are high. Well, they forget that some of us are old enough to have paid 11 and three quarters in interest on our first houses. Hey, what's up? I didn't care about the interest rate. I cared about getting into the house and I cared about the payment. And so if you go into something making assumptions, you might be stopping somebody else from achieving their dreams. So you got to slow your roll and learn how to ask really good questions and then listen really hard to the answers. And in fact, the movie clip I always recommend here. Do y'all remember the movie White Men Can't Jump with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes? Totally. Sure. And you remember that scene in the convertible where Rosie Perez is in the back seat and Woody puts in the cassette tape of Jimi Hendrix and Wesley says, oh, you can listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. And I always remind real estate professionals about this because if you're just talking until you stop and then they talk until you they stop, that's not necessarily listening. You got to really hear what they're saying, which means you got to watch the eye movement, the body language, hear the energy so that you can change directions as soon as you need to, to give them their best desired outcome. A hundred percent. And we actually practice a lot of role-playing in our offices with our teams because we want people to get that. And we want that inflection to be heard. Um, and we want the people to see that there's issues with, with, um, hidden within people's voices and with their messages. And, and if you don't have that, and if you don't really listen, like you said, then you're missing out and you're, you're committing a sin. Can, can we go into, it was, it was one of my favorite sins, the morning after abandonment. And I love how I you think you're on the wrong podcast. No, no, no. It's the right one. It's the right one. I love the way Everyone will, it'll be so much fun when you listen to this, guys, or when you read it, because she really does put it into context with for us. Can you talk about the morning after? Well, it's, it's just real life. I mean, in real estate, you're unemployed every day when you wake up. Our investors know this. When your property goes empty, you're unemployed until it gets occupied again. There's all these gaps. And so because we're always looking at the next gap, I've got to go find another buyer, another seller, another tenant, another door. So we're looking for the next. 
once you're in the process with somebody, man, they're your bestie. You're texting all the time. You're like, oh my God, I love you so much. We're going to go drink a bottle of wine together. We're going to be best friends forever. And then it closes and you get your check. But because you're now unemployed again, you move on to the next person so quickly. And in your head, you said, oh, I'll call her tomorrow. All right, so procrastination is really what causes the abandonment. We procrastinate for a day and then three days. And then because life moves at warp speed, you look up and it's been three years and you're like, I I never called her back. And then we play this game of, oh my gosh, she's going to hate me forever because I never called her and I told her I would. And she loves me and she, oh my gosh, she's never going to speak to me again. I'm the worst human ever. And so we self-flagellate. And then you look up and your competitor sign is in the yard. And then you realize, oh, oh. Oh, people are not loyal. Then you get on Facebook and start saying people suck. And she said, I'd be her realtor forever. You never talk to her again. And the reality is we have to not stop the relationships that we're so good at. I mean, real estate professionals, if they're great at anything, it is connectivity and relationships, but we have to get better at long-term relationships. And so when 8 a.m. comes, you don't just get your clothes and shiver out of the house. You're going to say, you know what? I'm staying for breakfast no matter what that looks like. And then, you know what? We're going to go have supper later and I I will fix my hair again. And we start to realize that there's a lot of depth that we miss out on. Now, I will say one of the best solutions to this is just owning up and calling people. And this is where a lot of fear comes in. A lot of pros look at this and say, I can't call them because I haven't called them. And the spoiler alert is they haven't thought about you either. They don't care that you haven't called them because they didn't need you. So when you call and say, hey, this is Lee Brown with One Community. What's you doing? They'll say, oh my gosh, what's going on? And you say, man, how are the kids? What grade are they in now? And they say, oh, they graduated. You're like, oh, snap. How long has it been since I talked to y'all? I've been over here. All right, so so let me stop you. Let me stop you. Time got away. Man, I'm sorry I didn't follow up with you. One of the most magical phrases in the human experience that, frankly, people don't use enough anymore. I'm sorry I haven't kept up with you. Can I make it up to you by coming by and bringing you a loaf of bread? So I just picked up my phone and I have a client that I closed a property on, I guess, like mid-December. And we were supposed to go out for that celebratory and whatever. And... um did you just? We both didn't do anything. So I just sent them the text right now. And I said, hey, guys, when are we celebrating? So I just did it. So thank you for reminding me. See, you're coaching even now. You're and coaching. by the way, you know what? And COVID has given us the best excuse ever, right? Because I think we're going to hear people say this forever. Oh, I've had the COVID. They're going to be making it up forever. <laughs> you say, you know what? I didn't follow up because I tested positive and I didn't want to send it through the telephone. Whatever excuse you have to make. You just reach out like Eric just did. Hey, let's still go celebrate. You could celebrate five years later. Say you're celebrating the house anniversary. There you right. go. There you go. So I did it. It's done. You did it. I'll let you know what happens. I'll let you know if they write me back. I would write you back. Well, I know. <laughs> you love me. so. What other sins, what are like two other sins that you'd like people to. Well, can you tell us all seven or are we going to keep or, some yeah. a secret? Like, can we have all seven? Well, the secret is there's actually 10 in the book because I'm a realtor and I go, you know, way down the rabbit hole because there's so many. So you can pick your favorite seven. 
But one of the ones that drives me crazy and is part of the cause for the general lack of love of real estate professionals in the world is probably the nicest way I can put it. But I will say, if you rank us on a professions list, we're still more respected than Congress. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good place to be, though. We're, we're there at 7%. We're above that. Woo! <laughs> If you look at it, though, the reason we're not perceived very well is because we as professionals in real estate have done a terrible job over the years of articulating what we actually bring to the table. And I find, especially with new licensees, they're getting into the business because they see all this entrepreneurial opportunity. It mm -hmm. looks fun. They've watched HGTV. They think you can show three houses to somebody who manufactures toothpicks and they will suddenly buy a house for cash. No problem. And right. they don't $10 know million. what they don't know. <laughs> yeah. And when you get into the business, you find out it's really hard. But because real estate professionals are out here trying to make something out of nothing, because it is, it's an amazing business. I love this business because you truly can create an unlimited income with sheer discipline and hustle. It's amazing. And if you back that up with competence and knowledge, you'll, you'll do great. But in the meantime, agents start copying other agents. And they start just posting, oh, best closing ever, best month ever. I sold this house in five minutes. I'm the best. I'm number one. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Do you really think the public wants to see you brag about you? That's right. that's not what they're looking for. When a buyer wants to buy a house, they want the person that's going to get them into it and help them spot things. When a seller wants to sell a house, they want some professional guidance on what's happening in the market, how to price it, how to get it ready. They don't give two rips that you're a million dollar producer from 1985. That's just not <laughs> relevant. So what we have to get back to is an explanation to the public that when you call your local realtor, here's what you should expect, that they should expect professional guidance. They should get pros and cons of buying and selling. They should get a connection to a great contractor, painter, landscaper, lender, surveyor, appraiser. They expect their realtor to have a bench that is so deep of pro. They don't have to think about it. They want to know that you're going to be there with them when hiccups happen because, man, in real estate, if something doesn't go wrong, that's the weird transaction. Almost everything else has something that crops up. So a great realtor is going to get their marketing in line and their messaging and start letting the public see that what we are is professional problem solvers. And we don't know who's going to have which problem, but we're not going to hide from it and we're not going to bail on it. That's my number one sin in the book. And the agents who figure this out, man, their businesses really start to grow because they're giving the public a reason to reach out to them. And if they have prepared themselves properly, they've also given more support to that consumer than they ever expected, which leads to more referral business. It's not rocket science. It's just in the language. Hmm. So support, 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 problem solving. Be the resource. I mean, nobody mm -hmm. wants to go to next door. Do you want to go to next door? I can't stand that place. Oh, it's, God, no. of, it's like a community of Karens. It's awful. So why would somebody want to go there to find a painter if they know their realtor is a resource and they can text you and say, I want to paint the bedrooms. Who you got? That's the kind of relationship you want to build. And it's far beyond the traditional sales language that says, well, who do you know that needs to buy or sell today? <laughs> Very true. So that would be the number one sin. Okay. Is that your favorite sin? 
Well, I think it's the most important. It, oh, yeah. it truly is. If you if you look at realtors, when they start fixing their messaging and they start fixing their marketing, their businesses grow. And that's good for our communities. And the reason I say that is if you look at the most rewarding transactions any real estate pro does, it is seldom a super massive luxury property like you saw on Selling Sunset. It is usually the open and price point in a community. It is some single mom who has never owned a home. She came from a family that's never owned a home and she finally gets over the finish line. And that closing is full of tears and hugs and it is meaningful. And that's why if real estate pros will get their messaging fixed, you get more of those opportunities to transform somebody else's life. And that's where real estate, I mean, if, when you start to see how big this is. It's not just a sign in a yard. It's not just another sale. It is somebody's future financial stability. It's a really big deal. And when I see agents get a hold of that because they got their messaging right, oh, it's good. And now I've got goosebumps because I love those agents. Yeah, I love that. And I love the the energy that you're showing about it. And And I feel exactly the same way. I don't specifically do residential, so I can't put that single mom in that home, but I do that with commercial, with businesses and investors yeah. and, and people are, are so excited to finally not have to worry about moving 50 times because they just bought their first investment property where they can own or occupy it with their business. And it's, it's a game changer for them. And they're so excited and, and I'm excited to be part of that. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. I never thought of using that as my messaging though, where like, Hey, I'm a life changer. I'm going to help make you your dreams come true in, in the business world, or I'm going to help solve your problems. You know, that's a very interesting concept of how to move forward and present. Okay. So I'll give you a commercial example. If you want one, there's Larry. Larry's, Larry's down the road from me. Larry is a body shop guy. He can fix any Ford you put in front of him. He used to work for another guy. Larry wanted his own shop. And so Larry came to me to buy a house where he could have no HOA, no restrictions, and he could build his own shop. So he got a house on some acreage. He built a four-bay shop that he can do just with himself and with an intern because he believes in raising up the next generation of hands-on fixers. And now Larry controls his life. Larry controls who he says yes to and who he says no to. And it's freaking hilarious to listen to him tell somebody how long it will take them to fix their car if they're a jerk because he knows they'll leave. And then you watch what he's doing to transform the next generation's professional lives. I mean, the commercial side has as much emotion as the residential if we look for it. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I feel it. And um, thinking back over all of the stuff I've done over, over the last 20 years, it's really, there's so many amazing opportunities that we've created for people. And, and I think that is that, is that why you wrote this book to try to help share these experiences with people and, and help them get better, a better understanding of really what makes real estate tick. What, what was your motive for writing this book? I just want real estate agents to be perceived as well as the consumer perceives them because each real estate agent I know has past clients that think the sun rose and set on them and they don't have any use for the rest of us, but their realtor is their realtor because that person moved mountains for them. And there is a true respect and love for that person. But then those same people don't know how to put that into their messaging and I want realtors to be perceived really well because they are a valuable part of the economy. They are a valuable part of people's lives. They bring hope. They bring 
generational change. They bring community change. And I just wanted them to get a handle on running their businesses in a way that reflects how they're already operating so they can take it from good to good plus, because I can't say good to great, that's Jim's book, but we'll say from good to good plus that they can they can be better, they can tell the world. And then maybe one day when people are making movies and TV shows, they would portray a real estate professional in a positive light because more of us are out there bringing the net good to our communities that are not. Totally agree. I have to say that your enthusiasm and all of the energy that you bring, no wonder you were the 2021 VP of NAR. Well, hold on. Uh, what is NAR? What is NAR? So tell us what, what NAR, is NAR is. <laughs> tell us what is NAR. I mean, we know what it is, but tell us, tell us what is NAR. Why do you, why do you like NAR? Why do we need NAR? Like, why did you devote as VP? Give us a bunch of NAR. A ton of time. So give us some NAR stuff. So much time, right? Yes. If you're a Realtor and you wear the Realtor R, then you are a member of the National Association of Realtors. And many people don't know that when you become someone who wears the R, you belong to your local association of Realtors, and that's your colleagues and competitors in your local market. You belong to your state association, which does a lot of work on the state level for regulatory affairs and for legislative action. And you're a member of the National Association of Realtors. And we've been around since 1908. And we are also the very first trade association that instilled a code of ethics into our membership. And so every member is required to subscribe to and take continuing education on our code of ethics, which totally sets us apart in a world that doesn't necessarily pay attention to rules really well. And the thing I love about our association is we've been around for that long and no, we haven't always gotten everything right, but we're always striving to do things better. We have a massive footprint on Capitol Hill, and the work that we do in Washington, D.C. is just not very sexy. It's kind of boring policy work it, that without realtors up there having those conversations, we would see a lot of challenges to property rights and home ownership and business ownership. For example, on the commercial side, Eric, the 1031 exchange is commonly used by mom and pop businesses who want to upgrade their properties, whether it's investors that are going from a fourplex to an eightplex or somebody that's going from a one bay auto body shop to four bay. You can take the money from one real estate transaction, move it to the next and defer your capital gains to the future so that instead of paying gains right now, you can put more capital into a business and employ more people. That is a piece of the tax code that is dry, dull, and boring, and most of our elected officials don't know it or understand it because they've never used it. The tax people would like to take it away because they see a chance to make a quick grab on money because we should abolish the IRS, just toss that in there. But as long as we have it, we have to be thoughtful about it. And when you see what a giant piece of the economy that's impacted by that one tiny piece of tax code, that's the kind of work that we do as realtors. And on the residential side, let me ask y'all a question. Did either one of y'all buy your house with less than 20% down? Did you use an FHA program, a VA program, a 5% down, 10% down program? Well, my fiance's first house, he used the VA program. There you go. So that's a great example. Yeah. There yeah. are some people in Washington, we'll, we'll call them the swamp, who would like to require 20% down on any real estate purchase. Well, the VA program has done 0% down for our veterans as a benefit for years because Which is we amazing. absolutely have to thank our veterans for putting them yeah. down in harm's way to protect America. 
And that 0% down program has been a way to help our veterans get involved in home ownership. Well, if the realtors were not in D.C. fighting for improvements to the VA loan program, it may have gone away years ago. And I'm very proud of the fact that when you look at VA programs and veteran benefits, the loan program is the one they get right 90 times out of 10. You don't get anything else right, but they get the loan program right. That's the kind of work that we do. And then the other thing I love about the National Association is that you get this opportunity to interact with real estate professionals all over the country and all over the world because we have international partnerships with over 100 different countries. And when you get to meet entrepreneurs in other languages that are doing their best to help people achieve a dream of property ownership, it just relights your fire anytime it goes out so that you can come back to your zip code and do great things for your neighbors. Amazing. I, I've actually done a 1031 exchange a couple times. I understand the concept of it. And um, it's a life changer. It, it really helps you build your business. It helps you take care of your family. And um, I haven't done the VA or the FHA, but I know so many people that have and how it's jump-started their lives and given them opportunities to move forward and and, and build wealth Definitely. and um, head towards financial freedom like how, how Larry's moving. So I didn't know that NAR was a big push for those things. So I mean, thank thank you, NAR, and, right. and thank, thank you, you NAR. for your work at NAR, and that's exciting. We're about the only ones that do it. And let me give you one more example for the investors that are listening to your podcast or for the tenants. There's also a challenge in our country where so much of our financial lives are tied up by the credit bureaus, those faceless people that basically took names on the chalkboard in the third grade and now run your life with that invisible credit score. But we have a lot of tenants who have faithfully paid their rent in cash for years on end, and they don't have a credit score that reflects it. And so the realtors have been instrumental in pushing for what we call alternate credit scoring to make sure that if some investor somewhere has a tenant for three years who's paid their rent in cash, that investor owner, that landlord can verify their payments and then they can get another credit score so that when they're ready to buy, they've already done some of the legwork because we shouldn't punish people for operating in a cash society because they're outside of the normal pathways. And realtors are always looking for ways to get more people honored for their hard work and financial commitments, even if it's outside of the norms. Obviously, real estate professionals operate a little bit outside the box, and we want to protect every American that wants a chance at home ownership. Well, amazing. I love, and I always, whenever we have a introductory class when someone wants to become a real estate agent, right? And we go through a whole section in our intro class about NAR and we explain that, you know, you're you're not a realtor until you join your local board and join NAR. Um, and their biggest question to me is, and I talk about, you know, you guys do all the Washington DC stuff and you're fighting for the rights of, you know, real estate agents, but they want to know what am I going to get tangibly? What, you know, what boxes can I check off that I'm getting from NAR? And their biggest question obviously is about the MLS. So could you tell us a little bit about those two things? Well, first of all, the biggest benefit you get from NAR is being part of the world's largest grassroots organization. That means that even if you are brand new to real estate, you have a voice and a seat at the table Mm -hmm. and you can't overestimate how important that is because at the local level, we're making decisions on planning and zoning. And when we're looking right now at infrastructure issues around Mm -hmm. the country, realtors have a voice because of our trade association. 
in every state, there are issues. And in fact, it was really highlighted during COVID. If you remember how quickly Governor Cuomo in New York made essential services only open to a small category and real estate professionals were not essential service. They were under state of emergency and not allowed to operate. And so real estate agents were completely shut down by the state government of New York for over a year during COVID, which meant if you wanted to go show a house or sell a house, you were hamstrung. That's the kind of work we have to be at the table for. So if you want to know what your dues are paying, it is for being a part of a solution to situations like that. That cropped up out of nowhere and was a a wild fight to, to fight, to be honest. So in addition to that, there's tons of benefits. There are some negotiated insurance deals. We have telehealth available at a pretty reasonable cost. You get a car discount from Chrysler. I mean, there's like over 500 different benefits available to members that will more than pay for your membership. But those are, to me, the side perks. I need a seat at the table when decisions are being made about my future and my children's future. And then the second part of your question has to do with the multiple listing service, because so many people think I can just go to the internet or I can go to an app and get information. And they're not understanding what the MLS is. The multiple listing service is created to be a free and free, not free as in no money, but free as in unfettered and fair marketplace. And truly, it is the gold standard on planet Earth. I will tell you this, and I've had the chance to educate real estate pros in five different continents in several countries, all of them wish they had a multiple listing service like ours. And here's why. If you go to Facebook or Instagram, Zillow, any of those websites, go to anything, look at your newsfeed. Who determines what's in your newsfeed? They do. That company, right. The tech oligarchs, the algorithms, faceless, nameless, third-party people determine what you see, not in a realtor multiple listing service. It is such a marketplace of fairness. It's amazing. You want to find a three bedroom, two bath for somebody you're working with. You go in, you plug in three bedrooms, two bath, your zip code, and here comes the list. It is not filtered. It is not discriminatory. It is everything that fits your criteria. And I love that about our system because our system is built on cooperation when you are a paying member of the multiple listing service, you're on a level playing field with every other paying member. If you've sold zero houses, you have access. If you've sold a hundred bazillion million houses, the same access. That is beautiful. And it is the best thing possible for the consumer public because when a buyer comes to you and wants a house, they don't want you to pick and choose. They want to see the full menu. And that's right. what you have access to in the multiple listing service. The other beauty is that we have universal compensation. And what that means is that the listing agent is not going to pick and choose who gets paid what based on any kind of characteristics. If you put it in the MLS and it comes with compensation, that's available to any member of the MLS. That's a big, big thing. That's a big point. It's not available anywhere else. Eric can back me up on this. It doesn't exist in the commercial world. The commercial world does not have a comprehensive multiple listing service, although there are some listings that crop up in MLS or on Craxi or on CoStar, but there's no comprehensive system. And if you want to get compensated as a buyer's agent in the commercial world, you got to pick up the phone and say, will you pay me? Will you pay me? Will you pay me? And if they don't, you ask your buyer, will they pay you on the residential side? That's why, that's why I love commercial. That's why I love commercial. My big thing is NRIC, no rules in commercial. 
<laughs> exactly. And we have lots of rules in residential. L-R-I-R. <laughs> the rules in residential, there is universal compensation. Of course, you're disclosing that to the buyer you're working with, and you probably worked out with them in advance if there was a retainer fee or transaction fees or any of that, but it's universal. And that is beautiful. And if we didn't have the multiple listing service, you got to ask yourself this. How would all those imagine. websites even get the information they're putting yeah. out there? That's what I tell our classes all the time. How would Zillow function? I'm like Zillow, Trulia, all of them, they get it all from the MLS. I have to tell you, and I don't know if this is good or bad, and you might tell me never to say this again, but I always say that the MLS is like a Tinder. It's a love match. It's a Cupid for real estate because you bring your buyers and your sellers together. The only thing I would add is that it is a tender or a Cupid minus the algorithms. Okay, okay minus, my, I'm going to start go. putting that in. There you minus go. Minus the, al minus the algorithms. You love your fiance, so you use, what's that app you're supposed to delete? Hinge. You had the Hinge app and you deleted it. <laughs> so if you were logged in, though, you would only see what the system wants you to see. Wants you to see. That's not yeah. what the MLS is. Our MLS yeah, is non it is non-discriminatory. It is so fair and it's a perfect system. And that's why we work so hard to defend and protect the integrity of the data and the integrity of our membership. So the MLS is unhinged. Un unhinged. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so, so Lee, there's so much going on with, with the National Association. I, I've been a member for years and, and I follow it differently each year. Some years I'm more attuned to what's going on. Some years I'm not. Um, having a, a, a real estate school has made me pay a little bit more attention to the work that, that NORA does. And um, mm -hmm. I've been hearing some rumors lately about some lawsuits floating around and I don't really understand what's happening. And, you know, since we have this opportunity, you're a former VP from NARA, could you shed light? But she's light? also on the executive committee, so she knows what's going on now, too. So you know what's going on in general, which is great, because I haven't had this opportunity to ask anyone these questions. What is going on? Why are there all these lawsuits flying around? Should Spill I be worried? Tea. As a member, should I be worried? Well, first of all, why there's lawsuits flying around is called money, 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 and lawyers want money, money, money. And so all of these lawsuits are coming upon real estate because people do see that there's an opportunity to cash in. And there's really no other way to put it because we have not done anything wrong. But the class action lawyers out there, all of them like to get paid. So let's just get that out of the way. And I'll also point out that for anybody that's watching or listening, if you ever want updates or you want to read your own information, Everything is consolidated at competition.realtor. And you notice I don't say realtor because realtor has two syllables. Realtor, say it right. Competition.realtor. And that's where you can always get updates. So here's where we are. Two years ago, there were nine lawsuits coming against the National Association of Realtors. As of right now, there are 15. They are growing because people all want a piece of the action in our real estate sector, our piece of the economy has been on fire for the last couple of years. And so other people want to cash in on that. The biggest one we're facing is against the De Department of Justice. The Department of Justice is suing the realtors because they claim we are not competitive. <laughs> they okay. haven't met a realtor yet then. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. We have 1.6 million independent 
independent contractors, and I say independent, independent contractors, because they're all independent contractors, but they're all wildly independent renegades doing their own business model of the different styles everywhere. There's commercial residential land, there's property managers, there's investors, there's paralegals, there's everybody with a license is out there doing it their own way. And the DOJ has the nerve to say we're not competitive. So we are working very hard with them to help them understand how our model is set up. This is not a mob. It is not a cabal of any sort. It is just a coalition of business owners who are working together on behalf of our communities. So with the DOJ, there was a kerfluffle over the fact that for years, many real estate agents and real estate trainers were telling people, if you use a buyer agent, it doesn't cost you anything. Well, that was never truth. It's just the way that it's structured. The seller, in most situations, agrees to pay a fee to their agent. Their agent then splits it with the agent on the other side. But the DOJ says the public doesn't understand that. And I would agree that many agents probably could have explained it better. But I disagree that the public doesn't understand things because I do think people are generally smarter than we give them credit for We had a settlement as the National Association with the DOJ at the end of the Trump administration when the Biden administration took office, as often happens with the transition, they immediately wiped out as much as they could from the Trump administration, including the settlement between the DOJ and the realtors. We countersued at that time to have them enforce the original settlement, which said we would add to our realtor code of ethics that nobody would say they work for free because obviously they don't and that we would be more transparent about how commission and cooperation works in our system. We've already complied with many of the things in the settlement, but we want the government to comply with their side and basically leave us alone. So that one is going on right now. The people that are involved in the bureaucracy at the DOJ don't believe there should be buyer agency. We on the realtor side heartily disagree with that because so many members of the public If they did not have a knowledgeable, competent realtor with them, they would never make it through the gauntlet to get to home ownership. That business owner would never figure out all the steps to get there without somebody holding their hand and helping them through. So we want to protect and preserve the practice of buyer agency because we believe it is good for the end consumer. That's just one of our lawsuits. There are also some class action lawsuits that are burbling around in Illinois and Missouri they have gone so far as the granted class action status. We have not gone to trial yet. As realtors, we do believe that our case is very defensible and that we will prevail. But right now, what we're facing is that home sellers in those states are saying they don't think they should have had to pay the buyer's agent. So it's another attack on our model from a different viewpoint. They could sell it themselves. And the question is, did the listing agent explain it to the seller? As a practicing broker and a trainer, I would go out on a limb and say almost every time, with the exception of a few bad apples, because there's always a few bad apples, I do believe realtors explain this very well. But I also know that when somebody gets that postcard in the mail that says you're part of class action, they think they're going to have the big honey hole lottery ticket. So we have to be careful and thoughtful about these because class action is very expensive. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So what matters is if you're practicing in real estate, you really need to pay attention to what's happening in this stuff, even though I know you have a thousand things to do between 
answering the phone and asking better questions and not abandoning your past clients and doing all your best business practices. You've also got to carve out a little bit of time to read the information and stay educated on what's happening in your profession because what happens in these lawsuits will determine what real estate brokerage looks like in the future. And it will determine what we can and can't do to serve our consumer public. As for me, this is one of the reasons I volunteer. I volunteer so that I can be a voice at the table so that my buyers and sellers can continue to buy and sell in a wonderful opportunity market that we have in America, because this is the last stand for property rights on planet earth. We have to protect and defend it. And I want to defend the realtor profession as well, because this is the last bastion of entrepreneurship on earth. I want to protect the opportunity for anybody to get in, put on a professional outfit, put a smile on their face and go put in the hustle and the discipline to create what they want to create. Wow. wow. I think you've, yeah. you've converted us. <laughs> so I think we'd love to help if you, you know, continue your work at NAR and you see that there's a, an opportunity for us to get involved or, or for our students or for our yep. listeners to get involved. We'd love to, to help spread the word and get it out there. And I'm, I'm really going to actually go back and listen to our podcast so that way I can explain to our students when they come to our classes more about what they're going to get and why they should be. It's always been a part of the spiel, but I'm going to, I'm really excited to be able to, to make it more. And I just wanted to say, I loved our buyer's agent that just helped my fiance and I get our, our house. I mean, I'm in the industry. I'm sitting next to you every day. And I still relied on Adam. I love you, Adam. I still relied on Adam for so much and so many questions. So as a buyer, I needed Adam. It was a big deal. So yeah. And, and Adam needed you. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, when you ask what you can do, if we can help our real estate professionals bring more of their consumers to the front so that you and your fiance could speak up on behalf of Adam and say, here is why our buyer agent was valuable. Then it's not just Adam saying I'm valuable. It's you as a member of the public saying he was valuable to us. That he helps us in our story and we have to work on that. He That's is valuable. He's still with us. He's, just so we all <laughs> He is. He is valuable. But um, this is amazing. I've learned so much today. Yes. Um, so where can we find your book so yes. we can share it with our world of, of listeners? I've got one copy right here. <laughs> so it's available on Amazon. Of course, it is available in audible format, as Noelle has mentioned. And there are copies on my website at leebrown.com. And of course, my other books are there as well. And there's a ton of YouTube videos and other training things that you should watch after you finish pre-licensing, because if you try to learn the sales side before you get your license, you'll get confused. So stay focused pre-licensing people. And then after you finish your license, then you go learn the rest of the stuff. Then you learn about the sins, the, the sins. seven deadly <laughs> sins. So let me ask you, is there a follow-up to the seven deadly sins? Are there like Another 20 sins that maybe they're not deadly, but maybe they're poisonous. Or is there a follow-up book? Maybe they're out? like a like a two-month hospital stay. The follow-up book was actually about rebuilding your relationships. That's called Peeling the Onion. And my next book is Just Say Hi. That'll be coming out later next year. And then I think I'm going to have to do, you know, there's a spiritual gifts assessment that believers do to try to figure out where they belong in the faith. I think we need to do a realtor gifts of the spirit and see what we can mm -hmm. dig into a little bit there. So that's 
that's a little bit further down the line, but I've always got something percolating up here. Do we, we do we have like a realtor, you know, like Santa Claus? Do we have like a realtor guy, like a realtor Santa Claus or a realtor leader? A Santa Claus, a, like a, somebody, spiritual, a spiritual, a spiritual. Like maybe we need to create like well, a I'm about a to person. make Lee my realtor spiritual <laughs> leader. We just have to, we have to look up and, and look sideways at each other. Right. And so when I say that, I mean, nobody has to think they're alone in real estate sure. and it's one of the self-fulfilling prophecies. We all think we're fighting with each other. We're all cutthroat. We're all competing, but in reality, we're all working with different parts of the public. If we would look at each other as collaborators instead of competitors, it would change everything in real estate and we could still succeed and win, but we wouldn't have to be so lonely about it. You're awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm there. I'm there with that. We always preach, stay, stay friends. You know, you yes. never know when that realtor that you barked at is going to be back in your life in another year. Never burn a bridge. Yep. Work through it. Smile. It's one scenario. You can make it happen. Well, we have to have you back when we uh, have the book, Just Say I, right? Just say hi. 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 That just say Not hi. I. When it comes out, we Never, have to have you back. Hi. Hi. I don't. I don't say that. Well, I'm not young. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the real estate mix, and we need to have you back again. And we're just so excited uh, to, huh? They can subscribe, or people oh, can subscribe. subscribe I, so I have been so caught up in this. Please Future subscribe, stuff. subscribe, subscribe, so you can see more about Lee and you can hear more from Eric. Where where are they subscribing to? Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, YouTube. And we're going to have information. Stars too, because if you want other people to see this podcast, listeners, because you think this was valuable, then you got to give five stars and say, Eric and Noel aren't so bad. And then you hit the subscribe <laughs> button. And if you're on the video version, click the bell so you get notifications. All that stuff matters to those. Oh, I need to go. listen to her spiel. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> we, 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 we look for comments. We love when our, when our, our listeners and viewers give us comments. Yeah. And, you know, we definitely want to share your story um, along with ours and other viewers, uh, other uh, guests that we're going to have in the future. So again, thank you for joining Thanks. us. It was amazing. It was a pleasure getting to know you. And I definitely am going to make sure that Noelle and I stay in touch with you. And um, we want to know about the rest of the sins. Yes. Maybe I'll send you an email with my sins and you can tell me which, which one I should, how I should change it. Oh, my it. God. We'll figure it out. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's been an honor to be here with your listeners and viewers and everybody out there just working on your real estate stuff. Dig in, read the book, and it can be whatever you make of it. Just don't listen to the naysayers. Find some positive people like Noel and Eric and tune back in. Awesome. Thank you. See you, see you next time. And remember, if you visualize it, you can own it. Awesome. Bye. All right.